this is episode two of Enia Sisters, and today we are going to be talking about parenting. I am Jenny Wigglesworth. And I am Kelly White. The way we're going to go about doing this is I will speak to the parenting side of the Enneagram type, and then Kelly will respond back with the child type. Um, And then we'll kind of round it out to give you some self-tips on how to parent whether it's the, of that type or whether you are that type. So be listening. We'll try to give you helpful hints. If you don't know your child's type, that's okay. You may hear some clues that may clue you into maybe what type your child is if you haven't discovered it yet. So let's go ahead and get started. One thing I do want you to keep in mind, whatever type you are and whatever type your children are, is age and type matter so when you are parenting the age of your child and the enneagram type that your child is is really going to matter here and that's why we're educating you on that and then again remember that like anything else children look to you as an example because you are their parent so everything that you do they're watching but with that being said also give yourself a ton of grace because we're human beings We make mistakes, Mm -hmm. and that's just the way it is. And last but not least, focus on growth. As we've talked about before, all of your types have a huge area where you can grow into the best version of yourself, and that's really what we hope for you. All right, so let's start with Enneagram Type 1, the perfectionist or the reformer. So as a parent with a Type 1, perfectionism really does get in the way, unfortunately. Um, For example, you may choose cleaning your home over spending time with your kids. You may feel guilty every time you punish or discipline your child because you're putting that guilt on yourself as not getting it right once again. Um, And that people-pleasing side of a type one can be hard when you're a parent because as you know, you can't always be their best friends. You can't always please your children because you are their parents. Um, Obviously, we're doing this because we want you to develop a great relationship with your child or children, but many times that's gonna come at the cost of you not pleasing your kiddos. Mm -hmm. So what are some tips that I have for you, that we have for you? Let go of your high ideals. Those high ideals are only gonna make you feel bad and most likely put you into that disintegration when you are parenting where that person that you don't want will come out and come across to your child Mm -hmm. which is definitely what we don't want Um, create an agenda that really works for you and your child or children so because you are so great at creating agendas and lists and calendar and organization use that to your advantage Create things for you to do with your children. Create lists for your children to do that they enjoy. And really take that organizational side that makes you such a strong type into good parenting. And then know who you're teaching. So again, we'll refer to this a lot, but understand that not every child is the same. I'm sure that if you're a parent and you're listening to this, you probably figured that out already. But as you listen to us today, try to kind of hear for your child because that's really gonna help you with your parenting. And then write a list of musts and then secondary maybes. 
You don't have to get everything done every single day. I know you feel like you do, and you may feel like you are failing if you don't get everything done, but that just simply is not the case. So write your list of musts and hold on to those. And just to give you an example of what those musts could look like, spending time playing a game with your kids. You know, if they're older, go shoot hoops or kick a soccer ball around if that's what they like to do. Find things that they enjoy doing and make those must to do on your, on your new list. And then resist that urge to go back to your standards. You know, your childlike version of yourself did help you get through a lot um, through your life. It pushed you to be the best. But now you can kind of let that part of you take a back seat and let go of some things so that you can let your children experience their childhood in the best of ways. So that's what it means to be a parent on a type one. All right, let's go right into what it's like to be a child as a type one. So ones as children are eager to please their parents and follow the rules. They naturally try to do their best at everything. Sometimes they will hold back actually from participating in things, uh, sports or activities that they feel they won't be able to perform perfectly. Um, the inner critic that is a constant for the type one begins early. It starts when they're just little kids. They're hard on themselves from the very beginning. They're constantly comparing themselves to other kids to kind of see how they're doing. They want confirmation that they're doing things the right way and that they're good kids. So some tips for the type one kids. Um, one kids, they need to be told that it's okay to make mistakes because that's how we learn. Um, they need to be told that they're loved even though they might make those mistakes and that um, imperfections are very normal and just part of life. And also a last tip for type one kids, remember that when you're parenting them, correct them only in private if that's possible. Um, this will protect them from shame. It's very easy for type ones to feel shame when they're corrected in front of other people. So that's the type one kid. Great, those are such great tips. All right, moving on to type two, the helper. So helper, ironically, helper parents, helpfulness can get in the way. Yes. So what we have noticed is a lot of times type twos feel they're the only ones that can help in many situations. And, you know, it may be unprecedented. It may be something that isn't even desired, but they feel the need to help everyone. The problem with that is a lot of times kids take a back seat to that. It could be a neighbor, it could be a friend from high school, it could be um, someone maybe that you are best friends with, but it might just be the wrong time. So again, unprecedented help or even precedented help could get in the way of your number one, right? Your, your children, um, apart from your spouse, your children. And I mentioned again, right time or place. A lot of times helpers really want to help everyone, anywhere, anytime, any place. Mm -hmm. And that gets in the way of a lot of things. As you can imagine as a parent, um, being involved and being there in the moment, no matter what's going on, is really, really important. Having all eyes on your children is how you're able to parent. And so being 
there and being present um, and prioritizing who should be helped first is going to be a key in parenting well. And think, thinking about that quid pro quo, um, as you know, if you are a two, there's a lot of times when your feelings get hurt and those feelings deep down inside want to be reciprocated. So letting go of that quid pro quo, especially when it comes to parenting, although it seems crazy, there is that deep side of you that wants you know, an equal reaction to what has been done to you, whether it's, you know, hurt feelings, something your child may have said or done. You as the parent have to be above that and see your child through their eyes and understand that this is a teaching point for you to love them and let it go. Another tip for a type two is ask questions, you know, get involved in their lives. A lot of times twos they, they don't get asked the questions and they feel that they're not needed because they're always helping and they forget that they're important too. And by mirroring that to their children, they may forget to ask questions. So really make time to ask the questions and to know that your children need that. They need to know that you need them most. You need their time most. Um, and empower your child by letting them help you because you are a helper and that's one of your greatest gifts. Use it to your advantage in parenting and ask your children to be a part of whatever it is you're working on, whether it's a project or helping a neighbor, whatever it is you're working on. And I think I already said this once, but don't say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. I know that that is something that will be extremely challenging for you as a two, but saying yes to something is saying no to something else. And saying yes to something may be saying no to your child when they need you the most. So just really understand when you do say yes, that it's your best yes for the best reasons. And again, know your child. You know, like I said before, do a project together or maybe that's not their thing. Understanding the type again is key like we mentioned before. So know your child, know what works for them. And yeah, ask the questions. Great, great points. So the type two as a child, these kids are those little helpers and also the pleasers. They're very easy to love. Um, they will do anything for anyone once they learn that it earns them an extra smile or extra praise. Mm -hmm. um, they're very sociable. They care a lot about their friends. However, they can sometimes cross a line and give things away if it's going to earn them a friendship. Maybe it's a favorite toy or... Um, something in their lunch that's going to earn them to sit with someone or be friends with someone. Um, they really value people and friendships, um, and they see that as a way to earn those friendships. Um, twos, as children, are very aware of the feelings of others, and they will sometimes even try to change their behavior in order to match the others' needs that are around them. And this can be dangerous, so that's a good thing to watch out for as their parents. So some tips for twos, for parents of twos. Uh, two kids need to know that others will take care of them and their needs. And this is a good idea to maybe practice vocalizing what those needs might be because they may never think about themselves in that way. They might not think, what do I need right now? So maybe just spend 
a time maybe once during the week talking with them what are your needs and what do you actually want right now um, they also need to be appreciated and shown that they are loved even if they aren't helping even if they aren't fixing or pleasing yeah that's good that's really good I can definitely relate to that my daughter is a two and she very seldom will selfishly ask for requests Mm-hmm. And so giving her space to really do what she wants to do is freeing for her. And keeping that in mind as a parent is sometimes hard because I forget that she isn't voicing her opinions like everyone else in our family. So right. definitely great tips. Moving on to type three as a parent, we've got the achiever here. So we love, again, so many of the pros of all of these Enneagram types And we don't want you to feel as you're listening to this, like we're coming down hard on these personalities, but it is through our um, negative sides that we are able to better ourselves. So it's easier to see where we need to grow by looking at deficiencies in our character. So for type three, um, you basically allow yourself to get in the way. You, you are putting yourself right in the middle of opportunity for growth. And just for an example, threes may choose appearances over parenting. Um, an example of that might be a photo shoot or a public gathering where you're so focused on, you know, that your kids' outfits or the way that you look or even the way that you're appearing in public, the things you're saying, the things you're doing, that you are getting angry, that you're getting... You know, you're disintegrating into someone that is foreign to your family in those moments because you care so much about how you look or how you're perceived Mm -hmm. as, you know, a person. And remember, your kids are not necessarily reflections of you. And I think that that's a misconception with a lot of parents. They're their own person. Yes, you born them and you have the opportunity to, you know, create a framework for their lives, but they are not you And so I think it's a healthy vantage point for, especially for threes, to consider that. Mm -hmm. You know, they are not your reflection. Um, And shame is another real thing when it comes to threes who are parenting, when their goals aren't met. Kids can get really disappointed because they most often want to you know, be celebrated. And when you have such achieving expectations, it can be hard to be a child of a type three. Mm -hmm. So not making them part of that achieving, you know, you already had your kids, let's focus on loving them. And, you know, using the tips that we're giving you here today, and not making them part of your agenda in achieving greatness in the world. Um, Again, they are their own human beings. And you putting aside those appearances over parenting is going to take you a long way. Um, One tip that I have is take an ugly photo of you, especially if you're an Instagrammer, if you're on social media, take an ugly photo of you and make it something fun that you and your kids are maybe doing together or that you're showing your children later. You know, look what mommy did or look what daddy is doing. You know, isn't this funny? Don't I look silly? And just having fun with it so that they see that you don't just care about appearances. You can have fun and and deep down inside, there's something bigger, right? The opportunity to have fun and be playful and 
We know that those are the things you care about. So showing it by posting something that maybe you wouldn't normally post will demonstrate to your kids that you actually do mean that. Um, be vulnerable and let go. So obviously a photo like that would be a very vulnerable position. So I challenge you to do that and be vulnerable in some other areas of your life, you know, where you can see growth for your children, understanding the child type again and coming back to like what their needs are, allow yourself to be vulnerable to parent through those. And then remind them of their value. Their value is not in their outward appearance and they may see that in you even if it's an accident. If you're constantly looking at the mirror or you're talking about your weight or you're talking about, you know, the newest, you know, hair extensions or, you know, lashes or whatever you're into, there's nothing wrong with those things. But if that is a constant verbal communication that is surrounding you in your world, remind them of their value because they're always listening and they're always perceiving and they need to know that that is not your core that that is not what you really care about you care about them and then last but not least take a vacation without your work mm. take a vacation mm -hmm. with your kids with your family and don't bring work along demonstrate to them that they are your top priority that they mean more to you than anything else in the world and you know that will go miles and miles with valuable relationship building um, and take an inventory on what's being sacrificed while you do race to finish projects if you're thinking about what i'm saying and hesitating to want to take work with you on vacation thinking oh well i'll just jump on for a few seconds or mm -hmm. well this is so important i have to get this done think about what that quote this is because what's being sacrificed what's more important think about the bigger picture yeah really good tips so uh threes as children so three kids are also eager to please um like the type one but their motivation however stems from the wounded message they get from you as parents or growing up that you are what you do they want to be the best because they relate it so deeply with their identity. If their parents value high grades, they will get straight A's and look into Ivy League schools even early on. Um, they'll also, whatever their parents are valuing, that's what they're gonna aim for and that's what they will succeed at. Uh, three kids wake up with a plan, ready for their day. Um, they already know what they're gonna do for the whole day and they're gonna succeed at their day. They're also socially aware they know how to succeed in this right um, social groups. They want to be popular as well. They try to do things that are valued by the people around them. And they take it really hard if they fail. Uh, these kids, they want to stand out. They want to be the star child and get attention. And they usually do. So some tips for these kids. These star children, they need to know that loving them isn't based on what they achieve. They need to be allowed to fail and still feel loved and accepted. Yeah, exactly. All right, learning on, parents. We are moving to type four, the romantic or the individualist. So for the type four, I would say inconsistencies really get in the way of their parenting. 
Chasing towards new ideas and dreams is a typical go-to for type fours. Um, However, these inconsistencies hinder the children's needs more often than not. You know, it's one thing to chase towards a dream or a goal and to go for it and to let your children in on it, but to continually reach for a dream and drop it and reach for another dream and drop it um, not only shows them a bad example of what it means to reach for a dream, but it creates a, um, a lack of safety for the child. They need to see someone who is consistent, especially as their example. Mm-hmm. Um, dramatics, which are, which are very common for a type four, can be hard to hear and live with. So it's great if you're putting on a play and you're using those dramatics to really harness, you know, childlike fun and working through that. But when you're using it as um, a dramatic fear, oh, that didn't happen, and you kind of spiral into this roller coaster of emotions, the children, again, are looking at that and they're seeing, oh, that's how I act when this doesn't go right, or this is what I do when that doesn't happen the way I thought it would. So again, pull back on the dramatics and being more consistent is really going to help parenting as a type four. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I mentioned before, a great tip is to use that great dramatic side that you have to have fun, be playful with your children. And then to get out of the, the inconsistencies of your life, make a list of your goals. What are your personal goals? What are your goals as a parent? And work around and through them consistently. If you're setting those goals, be consistent. And if for some reason you don't make them, give yourself some grace and talk through them. Make it a teaching moment for your kids to to explain to them, you know, I really wanted to do that thing. And you know, mommy was looking forward to that, but it didn't happen. And guess what? Now I'm onto this. And I hope that you guys can cheer me on. It's a great parenting opportunity. Um, And then a great way to be consistent is to do something that you like. Find something that you can stick to, like maybe it's meditation, maybe a practice like yoga is familiar, but stick to something that really makes sense for you and that your children can see you doing as a consistent thing that you love that you're sticking to. Um, I also mentioned as an example here, to stick to your meal times, you know, for kids, even though they claim to not want consistency, they really need it. I mean, there's so much psychology behind the need for children to have consistent patterns in their lives, especially on a go-to. Like we get that we have spring breaks and we have summer and things get thrown off, but on the go-to regular day in, day out of life, they need a consistent pattern. When am I having breakfast? When is lunch? Those things are really important, so stick to those mealtimes. And then offer yourself unconditional friendship and let go of your shame. I think that's really important for you as a four because you're continually going up and down fearing, oh, people love me, oh, people don't, oh, my kids love me, oh, my kids don't. Offer yourself that unconditional friendship knowing that you have yourself to always go back to. You can journal about it, you can meditate on it, But I think that's one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself. And in turn, that's going to come through in parenting your children. Great. Yeah. So fours as kids. Fours as children feel very misunderstood. Like they are not like other children. 
So they focus on how different they are. And this can sometimes backfire on them, leaving them feeling even more lonely, like no one gets them. So since they are already feeling like they never belong, parents need to be sensitive to this. Avoid phrases like, why can't you be like other kids? Maybe join them in a passion they have, or even help them start their own club for that interest. Find something together that you like doing together. Um, Fours tend to be really creative and imaginative, so maybe run with that and create some fun thing that you can do together that's imaginative or creative. Um, There are other kids out there who love what you love. That's a good reminder for them that they really aren't the only ones that are like them. There are other kids that like whatever weird thing that they like too. And just most of all, they need to know that they belong. So however you can do that to help them feel like they really belong in your family, in your life, and as a loved, precious child of yours. Yeah, that's so good. Those fours, we love your uniqueness. (laughs) You're not alone. Moving on to type five. Type five, like the other numbers, their strongest quality is their most defeating quality. Knowledge gets in the way when parenting. Now, obviously, knowledge can help, but we have to understand how to use it in our wheelhouse. Mm. Uh, Relying on knowledge and lacking emotions creates a barrier between you and anyone, Um, but especially your children, those children who you are forming to understand how to love, how to be kind, how to treat other individuals, and because it's emotions are something that you keep at bay and it can be challenging for you to release them. We understand those vulnerabilities, but releasing them is your quickest way to harness those relationships with your kids and understanding that your knowledge is going to be so important in teaching them and in helping them, you know, read and do so many great things in life, but your emotions they're going to do so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking too much, feeling less is definitely a funnel to the opposite direction of growth. So we want you to do the feel first, think second. And I know that's not going to be your first go-to and it will have to be something that you really work on, but it will be so worth it for your kiddos. Engage more in emotional things like reading books together, listening to what their needs are. Um, I know that for myself, I love nighttime because that's our time to kind of decompress. We talk about our days and we have story time and it doesn't look the same as it did at one time when the kids were really little, but we still have that time to connect. And sometimes emotions are kept at bay and sometimes we're all crying, you know, (laughs) but I think those moments are really important especially if you're a type five and you have a child that needs to pour out their emotions and maybe they're a type five too. That time that is set aside to really let go in a safe place is going to be key Mm -hmm. in creating that bond. Um, And then use your knowledge. As a type five, you have that. So harness it to teach them, to educate, to create things together, make moments that are lasting, that, you know, are so in your wheelhouse that a lot of parents don't have. And last but not least, don't remember, rather, remember that you don't have to have all the answers. I know that you feel you may and you need to research something if you don't, 
But it's okay to say, you know what? I don't know when your kid asks you a question. And guess what? That can be one of those, the most moving, the most vulnerable, and the and deepest part of your relationship that you ever get to. Mm-hmm. Very good. So fives as children. Uh, fives as kids are curious, imaginative, and they're just fine being on their own. They actually like being independent. They often escape their overstimulating world by going into their own headspace or physically separating themselves from others. Um, they learn a lot of things all on their own um, by figuring it out, by taking things apart and putting them back together. They're often voracious readers or love researching or spending time on the computer. Um, these kids have mixed feelings about school. They love learning and usually make good grades but the social demands of school can be overwhelming for type five. They're thoughtful and kind and appear to be more serious than they seem or than they actually are. So some tips for parents, um, invite them to be playful. This type kind of needs you as a safe person to bring them out of their shell a little bit and get to that playful fun side that they like to hide. Um, But also give them space when they need a break. Um, They struggle with vulnerability and uh, showing their emotions. And so you as the parent need to let them know that you are a safe place to do this. So um, don't get upset with them when they have emotions, but let them come to you with these. Great. We have a lot to get through here. Hopefully you're still with us. We are on (laughs) type six. It's well worth it. So stay with us here. Type six is the loyal the loyalist and like our other numbers fear gets in the way with a type six so unfortunately that fear will create a wall from opportunity to adventure or explore new things let quote kids be kids that fear creates an umbrella where growth could occur so my advice would be to kind of let go of that fear Um, understand that the fear is just in your head, like most things and embracing the unknown is not as scary as it may seem, although it can be death defying for sixes. Oftentimes when you as a parent who is a six does try new things and goes out for the adventures, you usually end up loving it and you usually end up appreciating those moments and it wasn't as bad as you thought. Because as we know, most of those fears are just in your head. And then the second thing about parenting is sixes lack the energy that it takes to do the exploration and the adventures. So my, our tips are to let go of those fears first off and create space to list or meditate on the realities of the situation. So It would be great if you are a parent who is a six to journal over your feelings, to journal over what you're fearing and where is this coming from? And is this a real thing or is this just something that you are creating in your head? So journaling about that first. Secondly, be open and honest to having those adventures because most likely your kids not only warrant it, but they need it. They need to be exploring. They need to be going on adventures and doing new things, creating. And then be honest with yourself and your kids on your energy. The, great, the greatest way to do this is to create a schedule that works for everyone. 
So you may have a family meeting where you talk about everyone's needs. You know, if you have one child or several children, let them put their input in so you can discuss as a family your energy versus their needs as children and make a timeline so that you can both have fun, you can both do the adventures, and at the same time respect your energy and your needs as a parent. Um, I think that is really the nutshell of mm -hmm. parenting as a type six. Yeah, great. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am a six, I will know. Um, so six as children. These kids go through life in a careful and measured way. They take worry and risk into account and watch others before ever trying to do anything on their own. They lack confidence and miss the very messages that would heal them if they would open up and get past their fear. Um, these kids are easily loved by teachers and parents because they follow the rules, are great listeners and kind. Sixes also make wonderful friends. When they are doing well, they are funny and loyal to a fault. They will be with you till the very end. So some tips if you have a six child. These kids need a lot of reassurance often, and they thrive when given a stable environment where they know what to expect. They need their confidence boosted whenever possible, and offering positivity to counter their negative spirals is very helpful. Great. Hopefully you're taking notes. You can always listen again if you need to come back, pause and play, right? All right, moving on to type seven, our adventurer or entertainer, wherever you fall. <laughs> so adventure can get in the way for seven. So unlike the type six, they're almost opposite here. Adventure is their go-to, as you know. They want adventure 24 seven. They don't care if they have to put everything aside. They want the adventure. Um, however, going back to the consistency that we talked about with fours, no schedule equals no consistency. Um, that's going to be really hard for children of seven parents. Uh, the other thing that's hard is as sevens, you want to be seen as the fun parent. You want to be fun. You want to be that one that's rowdy and playing games and, oh, I love going with dad or I love going with mom because it's always fun and you fear not being fun so you don't want to create rules mm. however that equals chaos right as parents we have to have rules we have to establish guidelines um, so that's another part of sevens that we need to work on life happens it can't always be fun now we love that sevens are fun but the way that sevens can be fun as their adventurer selves is this. Create schedule around fun. Still make fun a big part of your life because that's who you are. And your kids are going to love you for that. So create a schedule that they're also going to love you for because con there's consistency. But make it around the fun. Let them know that when we get this, this, and this done, we can go do this. That's fun. Not only is that rewarding for a child on many psychological levels, but it's gonna be rewarding for you too because it ends out with fun. Which is gonna fill your mind and fill your soul. Um, provide boundaries. So establish boundaries so that you can create a relationship where there's respect. It can't always be fun. It can't always have no rules. But within these boundaries that you decide on as a family, 
you can have fun within those boundaries and have rules so that they are becoming children whose society will respect, mm -hmm. whose society will want to be around. And then press into those fun moments, make them big. You know, kids are only kids so long. And if you're a type seven, we really rely on you to be that fun parent. So if you have any of the type seven in you, make those big fun moments really big. Make them memorable because those will be those memories that I know no one scrapbooks anymore, but that you would scrapbook about <laughs> or obviously take photos with your Instapix camera. Um, but again, make those moments big so that your kids remember them and pick a daily practice that will ground you. That's my final tip for you as a parent because fun is easy for you. Fun will come no matter what you do about it. But what is grounding you? What is helping shape you as a more consistent parent? Find something that you like, that you enjoy, that can be a daily practice, whether it's journaling, whether it's meditation that we've hit on quite a few times, but find something that makes sense for you and make it a consistent daily practice. You'll thank yourself and you'll be a p better parent because of it. Yeah, great tips. So sevens as kids. Sevens to me represent the epitome of childhood. Think Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn fun all day long. They are living through the wounding message, however, that you're on your own and no one is supporting you. And sevens tackle this by wanting to create a Neverland-like situation in their minds where they can think happy thoughts until the pain goes away. This is not healthy. These kids believe in magic. They are very imaginative. Curiosity defines them. But this is part of the problem. They want that world, that Neverland world, with no rules, no boundaries. They can do whatever they want all day and never grow old. But boundaries are what keeps Seven supported. They need those boundaries. They need those rules that are not fun. And that's your job as the parent to give that to them. Um, they also are not achievement-oriented. So they're not really the ones that are aiming for good grades or succeeding at things. They only want to do the fun parts. Um, they move away from feeling bad by avoiding all negative emotions. So they'll try to hide from them and go in their Neverland headspace. They are thinkers to try to get away from any negative feelings. So the parents of these kids need to give them support, a balanced schedule if possible, and be the safe place for them to experience emotions. And also, it's important that you model how you feel so they can see how it's done. Yeah, and we both have type seven children. And it's interesting, I've tried both versions of, even though I'm not a seven, obviously I'm a one. I think we've talked about that, but um, I've mm -hmm. tried the version of, oh, let's just do whatever we want and let's have a schedule and guidelines around what we're doing today and hands down the schedule was extremely it worked out way better mm -hmm. you know they they do want the schedule they do want boundaries even though they're not asking for them right for sure moving on to type eight our competitor challenger the competitive nature can get in the way right as in most relationships, competition 
is not usually warranted. And although competition can be great, understanding when and with who to do it with is key. For example, let's say you're playing a game with your children or child and you don't let them win. You know, you have to remember, we don't want you to let your children win, but you also have to understand it's not about the game. The whole point of playing a game with your children is to do an activity that you both enjoy. Right. Making mm-hmm. it into a competition is a whole nother activity, and that isn't healthy, and that isn't something that we would warrant as coaches. We want you to um, be vulnerable, try to get out of that competitive stage, and allow competition to be fun. You know, again, knowing the type that you're dealing with as your children and um, prefacing that with you and your type as a parent and seeing what works. I mean, if you're an eight with eight child, that's going to be a hard case, right? Competitive against competitive. And if you're a competitive person with one of the other types that is less competitive, it might actually work out. Um, you may actually help them be a little more competitive. So again, understanding who your children are. Um, And then the always achieving is gonna be really hard as your type eight because you're the best at everything you do and you do help people rise to the occasion in the workplace. But as a parent, it's important that you be vulnerable, showing your kids that you make mistakes too. And through that vulnerability, you're going to help them grow. So showing that side, even though I know it's extremely scary, is going to be your biggest win for your kids. So last but not least, watch your anger. Um, Eights are in that anger triad. I know we haven't mentioned the triads this time, but eights are really close to the anger because of their competitiveness. So really watch the anger keep it at bay especially when it comes to your children Um, we're not going to get into abuse or anything like that but anger can quickly spiral out of control so keeping it at bay if you notice yourself maybe losing it verbally walk away from the situation it's okay to Mm -hmm. step away and come back and say you know mommy needs a moment or daddy needs a timeout," or i'll talk to you in five minutes just to kind of let that anger cool And then last but not least, befriend your inner child. That can sound super hokey, especially as an eight, but that child is in there. That child that has been pushed down, that child that you protect, that you are afraid to be vulnerable with. Befriend your inner child again so that you can be a better parent for your kids. Yeah, great. So eight says kids. These kids are very, very confident. They fear nothing and trust themselves even more than they trust most adults. They will take over when no one else is doing what needs done, and they crave independence and freedom more than anything. They have no desire to conform or to fit in, but they are just purely themselves all the time. So these kids, they need the lessons that come from mistakes and weaknesses. Um, the value of apology, forgiveness, and following another leader besides themselves. So shape their boldness for good during their childhood and reward them with freedom when earned are my tips for you as parents. Great. Yeah, vulnerability is always going to be that key to eights. 
All right, we are to the last number. Yay, we made it. Type number nine, the peacemaker. So you may or may not know that peacemakers, they procrastinate. So that procrastination is gonna get in the way of their parenting. As a nine, that's probably your go-to, saying you're gonna do things, and then a week later, you're still saying you're gonna do those things. And we get it, right? It's easy to put stuff on the back burner but kids need follow through. Similar to, I can't please everyone all the time. Um, that's another thing, the people pleasing thing that we talked about before, but in a different uh, way and a different motivator for the nines, they also are people pleasers. They don't want conflict. So they continually go under the surface of something that would cause conflict to please everyone. Um, which is really just a facade and in parenting can create a false relationship, which you definitely do not warrant. We want to be real with our kids. We want them to understand that, you know, this is who I am and this is who you are and these are the rules. It's okay to say that. It's okay to lay down the law because you're not going to be able to please your children all of the time and that's okay. You are the parent. Um, and thirdly, give yourself grace because as a peacemaker, it's going to be hard for you. I think maybe not more than any of the other parents, but you're definitely in that circle because you want peace. And with children, I'm sorry, that's just not going to happen. You have children, let go of that peace. <laughs> um, but give yourself grace in those moments when you do feel overwhelmed by conflict and you do feel overwhelmed by what's going on in the world around you. Uh, grace is definitely something that all parents need and especially for type nines. Uh, tips we have for you is set some limits and stick to your word. More than anything, nines need to stick to their word because it's very easy to say one thing and then either forget about it or okay, we'll start that next week or again, fall back on your people-pleasing motive and decide to not stick to the punishment that you had already decided because you wanna please your child in the moment. So set those limits and stick to your word. You'll thank us later. And really dip into your peacemaker side to use it to create a peaceful home. I mean, those tools that you have to create calm and to create safety are gonna be so valuable in creating that safe haven that your kids will continually come home to. And then prioritize your needs for both so that together you're doing things, but you're not procrastinating. And what we mean by that is prioritize needs with you and your kids. What needs to get done first as a family, as a whole, and let's conquer these together. And sticking to them and getting them done, whether it's weeding outside, doing chores around the house or going grocery shopping together. Those are things that you need to do. Those are things that your kids are gonna look up to you for finishing, especially because you already said that you were gonna do it as a family. And then again, check your anger. I didn't go over this on all of them, like I said before, but you can refer back to our first podcast, episode one, if you want to know the triads. But nine are in the anger triad, that gut triad, and Nines are a little bit differently, like we mentioned before. Their anger comes out more passive. And the reason I'm bringing it up is passive-aggressive tendencies come out 
really bad parenting. So you wanna make sure that you're straight and direct and honest when you're parenting, no matter what is going on, because it is hard to respect someone who is passive aggressive, especially as a child. They can see through that, probably even more than adults. And then let's stay on task by getting help. You know, there's a lot of great apps out there. You can create a family scheduler. I'm not gonna name any names, but I'm sure you're familiar with many, but get that app out and start creating a family task list and do it together. You're gonna feel accomplished and your kids are gonna look up to you for doing so. Nice. So nines as children, you'll notice nines or maybe not because they're so easy to be around. You almost don't even know they're there. They're easygoing and peaceful. They're friends with everyone. Um, They're slow starters, but they bring harmony and peace wherever they go. Um, However, they grow up with this um, message that their wants, desires, opinions, and presence don't matter much. And so as parents of nines, you need to make sure that they feel seen and important. So maybe ask their opinion before giving your opinion just to see what they actually think so they're not just mirroring your opinion, which nines tend to do. And nines, as Jenny talked about, are very uncomfortable with conflict. So what this looks like as a child, they hate it when their parents are fighting. They may even try to mediate And if this doesn't work, they often get ignored and they will escape the conflict by fleeing or literally falling asleep or hiding in their bedrooms. Nine kids also learn that peace is created by agreeing with others. So like I said before, they'll agree with you and go along with you, even if that's not what they actually want or think. So as parents, my tips are notice and honor their presence, make them feel special make them feel a part of the family. Allow them to express their opinions and help them to feel like they really belong. Great. All right, that ends episode two, all about parenting. As you know, you can catch this podcast anytime on our website at anyasisters.com as well as our social media sites on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for listening and we'll hope to have you on here next time for episode three.